Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. We took it all. We brought them to our land. An endless night. Ember hot and icy cold. The rage of the earth. We made this curse. Carved it in the blood on our backs. We did not see. We could not, but she did. And in the end... What will I become? Senwa Saga. Hellblade 2. Play it now with Game Pass. Welcome to our first 1871 podcast Saturday episode. And thanks to Johnny for taking over the hosting duties from me for last night's episode. Um, I'm, I am still struggling a bit with COVID, so uh, we're going to see how it goes. And if my voice goes, then Johnny is ready to step in again. So thanks for that, Johnny. Um, oh, no problem. And our special guest today is Royals legend Jamie Curiton. And of course, Jamie's probably best known with Reading fans for scoring that goal at Brentford that secured promotion in 2002. And believe it or not, that game was 11 days short of 20 years ago. Can you believe that? You, Jamie, about that game and, and that goal, among other things. So, so thanks for joining us. Mm-hmm. That's okay, no problem. Um, mm-hmm. And don't forget, last night's episode with Dave Besson is still available to listen to, as are all of our episodes so far, with the likes of Steve Koppel, Graham Murty, Adam Lafondra, Shaka Hislop, Andy Bernal, Trevor Senior, and Simon Osborne and all of our other great guests. And a heads up for you that we have another episode for you tomorrow when we start our countdown to choosing the greatest Reading eleven from the last 50 years. And we'll be choosing our goalkeeper on tomorrow's episode. So that's available from 10am. So before we speak to Jamie, another big game for Reading today, of course, at home to Cardiff. And after today's game, Reading only have five more games left to secure their place in the Championship. So we're eight points clear of Barnsley, four games unbeaten, and we've won our last two home games. And Johnny, you said on one of the episodes in the week that Cardiff are on a bad run. Well, they lost 4-0 at home to Swansea last weekend, but actually before that, their form was was pretty good. Um, three wins and a draw. But as you said, they don't really have much left to play for. Um, no danger of relegation, no chance of getting in the playoffs. And I know you're predicting a 2-0 win for Reading, aren't you? So can we go so far to say that the fans should be expecting a win today? <laughs> we hope and we expect. But it's never straightforward, is it, as always? But you would think the way that we're going and what's at stake, like Cardiff are, like Stoke were in the week, you know, we've got more to play for. And, you know, good crowd, hopefully. 
um, and build on it. And I think, you know, if we win tomorrow, that should be us safe, being very, very positive. <laughs> yeah, obviously, um, tomorrow being today, Johnny, of course. No, tomorrow. I yeah. got my days. <laughs> it's my age and I can't help it. People, people might think we recorded this yesterday. No, mate, I don't know what day I'm on. It's, it's definitely, the match is definitely today. Three o'clock, people. Yeah. So, um, look, if, if he plays... He's a superstar. He's a superstar now. Now he's done his first podcast. Yeah, that's it, that's he's it. A superstar. So, look, we'll, we'll, yeah, never get an, we'll never get a word in Edwards now. <laughs> no, no. So, we, we got Dylan... Jamie, how are you, pal? I'm good, thank you, all right? You're looking well, you're not aged. So no, listen, I've listen, got everyone. A few, few grey hairs and stuff. We've got Dylan on the call. Dylan's internet is really bad for some reason. So we don't know whether Dylan is going to be able to do this call or not. Hopefully, fingers crossed. But look, today, before we speak to Jamie, um, Junior Hoylet um, is playing against his former club. So 3pm uh, kickoff today at the Select Car Leasing Stadium. So come on, you ours. And uh, now it's time to speak to our special guest, Jamie Curitan. So, as I say, thanks for joining us, Jamie. Great to have you on as a guest. Um, Thank you. And, and no messing about, let's start by talking about that goal and that game against Brentford 20 years ago. And I think it's fair to say that your goal that day was probably one of the most important in the club's history. And I say that because it paved the way for everything that was to follow. So, Obviously, Reading, you know, that, that goal got Reading promoted uh, and then promotion to the Premier League four years later. So, um, Jamie, can you take us back to that game against Brentford 20 years ago? I know it doesn't probably doesn't seem that long ago. It's quite a while ago, yeah. <laughs> you actually, you went into that game 12 unbeaten, but 10 of those 12 were draws. Um, what, yeah. what do you remember about that day and that game and, and obviously the, the goal as well? Um, the day obviously was built up uh, hugely. Um, <clears throat> like you say, the draws that we'd had, you know, we should have been promoted six weeks ago before it, really. We should have probably won the league. So the game was, was built as a, as, as a huge occasion. Um, we had to obviously play Brentford, who, if they won, would, would finish second and we'd be back in the playoffs like we were the, the, the year before. So, yeah, the build-up was huge. Um, Pards was very good throughout the week trying to obviously make you relaxed and, and as calm as possible. We knew we had a, a good side and I think we knew if we performed on the day, we would, we would get a result, whether that was a win or a draw. So, um, yeah, it was tense, tense times, but, you know, we had a good experienced group. So we went into the, the, the day, obviously, you know, full of confidence. Um, the team wasn't named sort of back in those days till the, the, the day of the game. So some, well, they changed. Sometimes it was, sometimes it wasn't. I think because of the occasion, Pards decided to to name the team on the day of the game. Um, so it was named as we got to the ground, we, we went into the change rooms. He named the team before we sort of walked out on the pitch and walked around our tracksuits and stuff. So I found out fairly late in the day, probably about half one, that I'd be sub, um, which me as a player, I never took very well. I wanted to be, you know, playing, always wanted to, to, to play my part and especially in big occasions so initially it was a one of disappointment I suppose um, I walked back out onto the pitch with the players um, and sort of was just wandering around you know just disappointed um, and sort of doing my own thing on my own and whatnot and just remember one thing Lady Vivas was sort of walking around with me and just said look you'll you'll have a part to play 
And you sort of, you take it on board, but it's easy for someone who's starting to, to tell you that, I suppose. But I suppose he had confidence that if it was called upon that, that I would do a job. Um, so that was the first bit. And then it's obviously you get yourself prepared and, you know, you go out to warm up and then the game obviously starts. And me then I'm just rather than, I'm sulking in a way, but I am itching to just get on the pitch because the atmosphere was great. The occasion was, was huge. So um, the game obviously just ticks along. We find ourselves losing and up against it and, and knowing that, you know, if the result stays the same, then we, we've got another couple of weeks of the season to go and a, a lottery of a playoff again. So you're sort of there, especially at one nil down. I'm now thinking, well, you need a goal. You know, for me, I'm looking good, I'm the one who's going to score it. So I'm sort of sat there and I can't remember the actual minute and parts just said, look, you're going to go on. And obviously I come on and, you know, for me, it's just try and get on, try and make an impact, whether score or, or be involved in something that, that helps us get a result. Um, and then obviously time ticks along and we get the, the free kick. And I suppose in my head, I'm not looking at that point of going, oh, I'll probably score from this because it's, on the halfway line. So obviously it gets clipped in um, to Parky. And, and for me, I just do what I would normally do. And that's, you know, make a run to try and get off the flick. Um, and luckily he won it. I happen to be in the right place. And, you know, for me there, that's where I want to be. And, you know, everything was, was very calm. I took my touch, which was, which was, you know, very good. And then keeper come out and let my, decisions were, were made you know everyone sort of says they feel like it slows down but I suppose it does for me I'm not rushed it's like I know what I should be doing and I have to execute it and if it comes off brilliant and if it doesn't you know you think right we'll go again and for me everything when I watch it just was perfect I suppose the run the touch and and then obviously the lift over which which goes into the far corner and obviously I run off with a celebration as wasn't as crazy as I probably would have liked to have gone. It was more of a, you know, you should have probably started from the beginning and we might have been winning the game. So it was more of a, a cocky celebration sort of to the pod saying, look, you know, this is what I do and, you know, you need to play me. So that was that. And then obviously we, we see the game out. We had obviously other chances and in the end we got the result. And, um, you know, that was for me in, in my career, my first promotion and probably the best day, apart from maybe a debut you know, when I started out as a kid, it's probably the, the, the greatest day of my, my football career. And, and it, came, it came obviously um, a year after the disappointment from the previous season and you were top scorer the previous season. I think it was 30 goals, wasn't it? Um, mm. so obviously- yeah, and that was my most disappointing moment. So I had a, yeah. a balance of both in, in two years, yeah. Yeah. Uh, and what was, what, was that, so Jamie- what was that experience like, Jamie? The playoffs? Yeah, the, the losing in, in the final. The, the, and then, and then the, all the playoffs things. to me, I suppose the playoffs to me were the, the lowest point of my career. I hadn't had anything like that before. Um, and to join the club, to have the impact I had, to score 30 goals for the club, obviously scoring in, in the final as well, the opening goal. And, you know, you think that's, you know, all the hard work you've put in throughout the season um, comes down to so again, one moment where we we end up losing three two in, in extra time, and you feel like your world <laughs> is ended because um, that that is you know everyone says winning it winning it in a playoff final you know it's like winning a, a cup competition I suppose 
And then all of a sudden it's, it's ended and you're on the pitch. The team's running around celebrating and your whole season has basically sort of been for nothing. Um, and you know you have to go back through that process again. You know that you're going to be in a team that's challenging and it's can you do it basically all over again. So for that, the disappointment then made obviously the high for me even probably greater because we did it the following year and, and I had obviously a, a big impact in it. So it, it definitely balanced it out um, without a doubt. Yeah, D- Dylan, uh, we're gonna. How's your internet getting on? I hope it's okay. It's all right. Oh, it's better now. Yeah, I can hear you. Yeah. No, we Jamie, thought, I just we thought I was you were just, I, was, I was listening. I was listening to you about you know you coming off the bench and you know how, mm. how how as a professional as a player, you know how do you how do you how do you accept that you know you've had a great season, you're scoring goals. And then in one of the big games, you put on the bench. How, how is it? How, how mentally tough is that as a player? I know, I know through experience, and not playing in the mm. uh, ninety-five playoffs final, being dropped. You know, after playing nearly. Oh, he's gone. There's a Daleks back now. No, eighty-five percent of the game. Am I back? For, for me, the, listen, I'm living in South it. Africa. We don't have electricity in this country. <laughs> it's still on dial-up. <laughs> no, but Jamie, how, how is it? How, how mentally tough is it as a, as when you when you've got such a reputation of scoring goals to be in that position where you're on the bench? It's definitely tough. I'd, I'd had it a bit throughout that that season. Um, Pards had left me out here and there, but it's definitely tough, especially when everyone around you tells you you should be playing. So you sort of get a balance of fans telling you, your teammates telling you, you feel that you should be. And one person obviously decides not. So for me, it was always, I always looked at it as I got very annoyed and very disappointed, but I always then looked and sort of thought, well, you give me an opportunity and I'm going to prove you wrong. And I sort of tried to use it in that way. of Whenever I got the opportunity from, if I was a sub, as if to come on and make the biggest impact possible. So you didn't do it again. So yeah, and I, I feel I'm probably quite mentally strong. I've gone through a hell of a lot. And that's one thing I've sort of felt that as much as I could let people know I was disappointed, I wouldn't then let it affect me in my performance. And it was more of it giving me more sort of ammunition to then go out and show people, and especially the, the one person who, who made the decision that it was the wrong one. Or maybe, with, with, or maybe, <laughs> maybe it, it turned out to be the And right who was the character in that squad? Character-wise, we, I think you could go for the whole eleven. To be honest, yeah. um, Phil Whitehead in goal, uh, Aidan Williams, um, Watto, um, James Harper had, had, a, had a, a character, Martin Butler. Um, it was I would, for me. It was one of the, the squad that you looked and probably didn't have any weak weak characters. I would say. You know, the, the whole group um, was just men, really, that, that could handle big situations. Uh, the banter was always very good. Um, so, yeah, it was it was a, a weird time. that I'd obviously been in dressing rooms previous and, and obviously be after that. And we had a group that, that seemed to deal with everything. Um, there wasn't really many sort of shrinking violets. Everyone come in, everyone was... Had a, a laugh, a smile, a joke. Um, dealt with disappointments. 
um, you know, where people like John Salako, it, it, it was, you, you go for them all, you know, even the ones, the whole squad, stupidly. I think Pards did very well. Um, he put together a squad that, you know, should have gone up the year before and then, you know, should have won the league the, the season we did go up. And, and I think it's credit to him to put the group together um, because it was, for me, one of the, the best squads I've, I've been a part of. And James, Is that the difference? Playoff defeat. Oh, sorry, John. I just, just wanted to ask a question no, about no, the previous season, Jamie. Um, you know, you talked about the disappointment of, of the, the playoff defeat. Did the players all get together after that and say, look, we're going to go again? Or did that happen at the start of the following season? Or, you know, how, how did you bounce back from that? Yeah, it was more in pre-season. You know, the disappointment we had, we, we had in the change rooms. We then had to obviously take a long trip home. So we had all of that. And then Pards was like, well, you know, go away. And obviously we all went on a break. Players left. He, he improved. Different players come in. And then we, we, we had a, not so much a meeting, but the start of pre-season, we, we all knew the focus. Pards would, would tell us, you know, all the time, the aim is to, to get promoted. And you obviously, for me, you use that disappointment because you don't want that to happen again. Um, so, yeah, I think for the group, we used it, um, channeled it in the right way. Um, and I suppose in a dif- disappointing thing for when we did go up is we probably should have gone up as champions. You know, we hit a snag where how you draw that many games is beyond me, but we did. And then it just showed the character we had that when it come to it, when it mattered most, the, the, the group got the job done, you know, in a hostile place at Brentford, you know, good team going one nil down to then dig out the result we needed to, to win promotion. So it's, I suppose it's ironic. We actually got a, another draw that, which took us up. So, um, yeah, I think it showed you what we had as in character that, you know, you, you could have gone once you went one nil down after the disappointment we'd had, you know, the previous weeks, you know, you could have all sort of shrunk and got beat three or four nil, but, um, you know, they all had belief, you know, we all had belief in, in each, each other and, and as a group and, you know, in the end, you know, got the job done, which was you know, obviously getting the draw and getting promoted. We took it all. We brought them to our land. An endless night, ember hot and icy cold. The rage of the earth. We made this curse. Carved it in the blood on our backs. We did not see. We could not, but she did. And in the end, what will I become? Senwa Saga, Hellblade 2. Play it now with Game Pass. And that belief, Jamie, carried on to the next season, didn't it? The first season back mm. in the championship. Like, and nobody, nobody expected us to, to get as good as we were. Um, what, what kind of game was that, um, that team spirit? What, is it down to Pardew? Was it down to the players? Was it a mixture of everything? I think a bit of both. Yeah, I think Pards, to me... The longer I, when I'd left and, and obviously played other places and whatnot, you sort of then gain more respect for, for different people that you've worked with. And yeah, Pards for me was very good. Um, brought the club together, brought the, the, the right players in, signed good players, brought the, the team together. It was always fun. Um, tactically, it was good. And the group bought into that. And I think a lot of the players had been there from my first year that were still there in the third year. So the, the group was very close. And I think this, the, the year in the championship was not like a three hit, but no one sort of knew what to expect from us. There was no massive expectations. We all felt we were good enough to be performing at that level. And, and I think everyone there, you know, deserved that and, and was good enough to play. And I think you sort of get, not taken lightly, but they, they, they don't respect you as much as 
what they'd probably do after three or four years if you're in the championship. Yeah. And I think we took a lot, a lot of teams by surprise. You know, I didn't think they realised the, the, the players we had, how good we were as a team. Um, and yeah, for me, it was another unbelievable season. Um, and obviously to finish in the playoffs and unfortunately, we, you know, we missed that in the semi-finals. But, you know, I think for us, first year back in the championship to then do so well, I think it was credit to, you know, the management, the staff and, and all the players. And, and Jamie, uh, uh, by the way, for the for the listeners, we, we do seem to have lost Dylan now. I, th- I think he's um, he probably hasn't put 5p in the metre or something. But, uh, <laughs> yeah, I, d- I don't know if he's coming back. But um, anyway, Jamie, just wanted to ask you, obviously that, that goal, uh, um, I, I think mm. you sort of hinted there, was one of the highlights of, of your career and obviously your time at Reading. But apart from that goal at Brentford, what, what would you say were some of your other main highlights at Reading? Um, oh, blimey, there's quite a few. Um, my, I think my start when I first signed, um, I think I scored nearly five in five. I think that was, for me, a, a massive thing. I've come from, obviously, a club where I would scored a lot of goals. It was a signing that, um, everyone expected to to see the same. I got told many times when I signed that I, I owed the club four goals straight away. So um, <laughs> I, I managed to get them back quite quick. Um, so that for me is a, a, a big boost. You know, my first sort of month to six weeks, I had, I didn't stop scoring. So that that was a, a big boost and, and a highlight for me to come in and start so well. Um, I enjoyed one of my goals. I think it was away at Oldham. We won one nil. I bent one in. Uh, I think Matty Robinson. Uh, set me up um, I think my goals at Notts County away which I think were, were, were pivotal for Pards as well um, because I think Martin Allen had left the game before I think we were on a bit of a bad run um, I think Pards was under a little bit of pressure and I, I scored two that game and we then went on another run um, some of my goals when we went up in the championship uh, Brighton I think we lost 2-1 I think I scored a volley I think there was another volley away at home to against Burnley. Um, so yeah, I mean, I could probably go from from more. Um, in my last goal, I think was against Watford away. Um, I think we won one nil. Well, my last league game before the, the playoffs. Um, so yeah, I mean, I've got obviously a hat trick against Brentford, a hat trick against Luton. Um, I think there's a goal away at Chesterfield, which I think might have nicked us a draw in our run to promotion yeah. which went bad so yeah I, I mean there, there's so many highlights for me um, you know I, I've scored goal after goal since you know joining the club so yeah I, I could probably run through I think all 50 odd of them and tell you every game it was every type of goal it was so um, no they're all all the moments were very special and like I say I had some really 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 good times there um, so yeah I, I can't really like, say anything bad, to be honest. Uh, look, it looks like looks like Dylan's appeared again. Are you, are you there, Dylan? No. No. <laughs> we can see his, <laughs> can see his picture. He's appeared. This, but, yeah. We've just had the worst thunder storm above oh, our heads yeah. and the lightning. I'm, I'm here. Uh, can you hear Please. me? Yeah. Listen, yeah. We're, we're having the worst thunderstorms here. It's unbelievable. <laughs> the weather is today horrendous it's so, horrible here today but Jamie yeah. um, 
Yes. The management, all the managers you've played under, who, who got the who got the best out of you? Jamie. Um, I would say Pards did to a point. Um, he got a hell of a lot out of me. Um, I think Ian Holloway, probably another one, um, who pushed me a lot. Um, and then as I got older, I would say Paul Tisdale um, got uh, got a lot out of me. I, I think majority of them did. I think I think as long as I, I got on with them and was treated very well, I think you know and they understood me as a character. Um, I think the majority of them then you know saw the best in me um, and, and got the best out of me. So there isn't many that I've come across where you know I, I, I didn't really get on with and and um, I didn't didn't really perform. There was the, the odd one or two, but I suppose when you've played for as many teams as me, you're not gonna not gonna get on with everyone. Um, yeah, yeah, and, you know, and you, but yeah. Do you um do you sort of follow the the team now? You know what are your thoughts about this season? Yeah, I follow it. Yeah, I, I, I've got loads to follow, but Reading is one of my major ones, um, so I follow them a lot. And I've been disappointed, like like probably everyone else, to to see the club as they are. Um, you know, fighting relegation, and, and you know, you look at them and you, you think for everything that's been built, everything we've been talking about, you know, you never would have sort of seen the club being in this position you know I've always looked at them now as being a top end championship team that pushes to try and get out of it uh, and obviously things just haven't been right um, I think you look from an outside and you think from sort of top to bottom there's no real connection um, you know performances have obviously been poor um, you know there's players out of contract so you know it seems that the whole place from top to bottom needs to be sort of wiped clean and, and, and start again and put the right people in the right positions, you know, for sporting directors or managing directors all the way down. There has to be a chain and a link to the whole yeah. club. Um, and it seems that that's broken. And when that happens, the fans get split and, you know, the, the, the club ends up going on a, a roll like it's on. Um, but it, t- it needs to be brought back together because, I mean, that's one thing with Reading. Everyone's sort of always been in it together. Um, from fans right the way up to the top. Um, and there seems now to be a bit of a split and a divide. And, you know, hopefully, I think with the, the results they've had of late, you know, they would have, you know, hopefully got out of it. Um, but you look at it in a normal season, if Derby don't have the problems they've had, you know, would it have, you know, been the worst for, for Redding? Um, so, you know, hopefully they get out of it. Um, but there's a hell of a lot of work, it seems, needs to be done to to get them back on track. Yeah, ja- Jamie, I've got one final question for you and then um, see if Dylan or Johnny want to jump in after that. So looking back at your goal at, at Brentford that day, do, do you and the other players in that team, do you sort of look at what happened after that? So four years later, running get up into the Premier League and, and Alan Pardew as well. Do you, do you feel that you kind of were something like a catalyst for what happened next? Do, do you feel that? I, I didn't know, you know. I my disappointment was I left. I left. I should have stayed and I'd have hopefully got a second promotion. So that's I look at it that way and think, you know, I should have been. I'd have been in my prime four years later, and I, I obviously decided to leave, which was the worst thing I've done in football. But no, I, I didn't look at it that. I looked at it as it was my job. You know, I, I was joining a club, and the aim was to get promoted, and it was my job to to help that. I didn't really look at it longer term of what the effect it would have had on on everyone else and what it sort of everyone will say, well, this 
started it off and built what, what happened. I, I didn't look at it like that. You know, it's, it's nice that obviously people say that and say it was the start of it and, you know, you played a major part in it. But for me, being in it, it was more of, you know, this is my job. I want to win promotion because I want to play with Ren in the championship. And my aim would have been to win promotion and championship playing. So I, I wouldn't have looked longer term, even when I left. Um, it was just nice to see the club moving forward and doing well. And like I say, my only disappointment was I wasn't part of that. Um, but no, I, I, you know, I get when people say it, that it, it was the first thing. And if that wouldn't have happened, where would the club be and how long would it have taken to eventually gone up? So I get that side. But yeah, it's very nice that people say that, um, you know, that I played a, a major part in helping what, what has been achieved sort of since. And Dylan, Jamie. Dylan do you want to... Um, oh, sorry, Johnny. I just wondered if... Dylan, you're, I can see you there. Do you want to ask one final question? No, maybe not. <laughs> Johnny, go on then. Yeah, so hey, Jamie, listen, I just out of interest, oh, yeah. you, you've played with, alongside some great strikers. Um, obviously, at Reading, you had Martin and you had Nicky um, and also Jason yeah. Roberts at, at Bristol Rovers. Who was your favourite strike partner that you had in your career, hopefully at Reading? And <laughs> oh, blimey. Well, they're, they're all different, I have to say. Um, I think as in my best season, and someone who I, I bounced off very well was, was Butts, I think. Okay. Joining and, and not having played with him previously, I think he he was a very underrated player, you know, for what he, he gave to a team. Um, you know, his work rate, his, his, his ability on the ball, his hold of play, plus he got goals. So for me, it was like a perfect partnership. Um, and, and, you know, for I think me to get 30 and I think he got 28 you know which is ridiculous um, so yeah he he's he's up there and I, I, I always struggle with it Jason 100% is up there um, you know for what we did at Bristol Rovers um, and then the other one would be big Chris Illuma who I've only played one season um, in the championship and I think he got 18 I got 24 and won the golden boot so between those three uh, where I've had my best Sort of seasons and best goal tallies, it would be between the three of them. I would probably be edging between Butts and, and, and Jason. And I would, if it was Jason, it would only be probably because I played more with him. Um, yeah. Where Butts, when I had the first full season, he then got injured. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. So we then didn't play as many games together as we did in the first season. And then obviously I didn't play as, as much the third with Fozzie coming back. So I think if I'd have played three seasons with Butts, well, when um, all my all my games at Reading with Butts, I think I'd have scored a lot more, and I yeah. think I would have probably gone hundred percent. He was, you know, he would have been the main one because he 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 had everything for me in a way. You know, he was a, a striker that you could you know play on his own, play with a two. He, you know, he, he had the lot. Um, but yeah, it'd be between him and Jace. But obviously, Jace is an ex world as well, so it's, it's, yeah. it's not too bad. Is it, is it so, down to styles? I, I, I think so. Yeah, I think you won't have me playing with, I suppose, Lafondra. You know, we're very, you would put us as quite similar. So I think yeah. you either, nowadays, obviously you get to play on your own a lot more. But I think when you play in a pair, I think you have to have a bit of difference about you that, you know, you can't have maybe two big men and you can't have two little ones. And I think yeah. Yeah. you have to have two that, that are a bit different. You know, one has to maybe lead the line a bit more and be a bit more physical and someone like me who will, make runs and, and be a bit more clever in movement and stuff and I think you get that and that's where you get the partnerships and, and the link up plays between between the pair 
Um, so, yeah, for me, how I played, it was ideal to have someone that was a bit more robust, um, a bit more physical um, and took maybe players away a bit more and I could find space and stuff. And, you know, you worked off of that. So yeah. all of those three that I've named were all not as big as Chris, but they were all a bit more physical, you know, did different things to what I did. And then I hope that I complimented them and the movement I made would create space for them. So, yeah, I think when I've done well with in a pair, it's been opposites. Um, and obviously you've got to be a good player. You know, you have to play alongside good players who understand, you know, that understand your movement, you understand theirs and you have a link. Um, so, yeah, I've been very you know, fortunate in, in my career to, to play, you know, especially up front with some, some really good players, you know, and they, they've playing. gone on and uh, I am still trying. Yes, I'm still trying. I'm, still, <laughs> I'm playing on my own. I play on my own now up front on my own. So I, I <laughs> Do me a fun. Do I miss it? players at Reading who do you keep in touch with now yeah I keep in touch with a lot of them you know we, we chat every now and then uh, Kevin Watson's probably the one I speak to the most um, but yeah I think the group you have when you have such a good group and a, a, a close knit group you tend to um, obviously keep more in contact Mertz as well yeah, so, yeah do you I miss it you, you, are they all do I miss it oh 100% I miss it players, yeah definitely I'd love, love to be back all right. Well, listen, listen Jamie, we're, we're out of time now. We, we're going to send um, Dylan off to fix his internet. Um, but thank you. <laughs> we'll have a quick round. <laughs> no, not, not a problem. It's my pleasure. I really enjoyed it. Thank, thank you so Jamie. much, Jamie. Uh, and, uh, oh, that's okay. No trouble. Uh, fantastic. Fantastic to have Jamie on. Um, and in Africa, we only, we've still got the drums. I'm in Africa, we've still got drums. <laughs> All right, well, we'll leave you to leave you to fix your in- internet, Dylan. But uh, listen, tomorrow we start our countdown to choosing the greatest mm. Reading eleven from the last fifty years, and I can tell you that Jamie and Dylan are both on the short list for that. Um, oh, now tomorrow we're starting by choosing <laughs> the greatest Reading goalkeeper from the last fifty years. Will it be Shaka Hislop? Will it be Steve Death, Marcus Hanneman, or someone else? Well, you can find out. That's available from ten a.m. tomorrow. Thanks for joining us. And don't forget, you can follow us on Twitter and Instagram at 1871podcast. And it's Cardiff at home this afternoon. So come on, you ours. Sports Social Podcast Network. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. Laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchases, only by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.